Really interesting episode today. We've got Shane Wallace, who does not own a computer, does not check his email, has never downloaded an app before, and yet he created his own app. You're going to want to listen to this one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hustle Today podcast. My name is Trent, and I am very honored to have Shane Wallace here, all the way from Australia, coming in to tell us about uh, himself. So, Shane, why don't you jump in here and tell us your story? G'day, Trent, and uh, g'day to everyone that's watching this and listening to this. Uh, my name's Shane Wallace. So I'm a CEO of WorkApp, which is uh, a, a digital platform that's completely free for automotive and real estate, workers and jobs, buying and selling, and much more. It's a very exciting thing, and it's rolling out across the world. So keep an eye out, folks. Very cool. Um, and like you mentioned, I, I forgot to uh, ask you about this before we got started. But you mentioned that it's completely free, and if you look at your website, you know it's free for for everyone, uh, not just to download but to use, which is really unique. Yeah, it is really unique. It is really cool. And um. You know, people say, oh, well, if it's free, how are you going to make money out of it? Well, well, the simple answer is digital advertising. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like um, you get enough active users on a platform, well, obviously there's ways of being able to sell advertising spots to the big advertisers and not just the big advertisers, the small advertisers as well. Right. Um, but the beauty of the the work at the, the, the uh, revenue model that we've come up with for WorkApp is uh, a model called WorkApp Billboards. Mm-hmm. And the billboard starts in the seventh position, not the first. The first are the free listings, closest and freshest. So hmm. that's what makes us truly free is because the free listings take priority over the paid billboards. But, you know, when you get millions and millions of people using a platform, those paid billboards, you know, if I pluck a, a, a brand that I like, Toyota, they will love to buy that billboard with millions of users. And and same yeah. with the likes of, you know, other other big advertisers out there. So. The revenue model for WorkApp is really based on lots of active users, and uh, which is the good part about that is it means we're helping a lot of people around the world to thrive without a cost. So that's the aim. Yeah, absolutely. And I like that you have it, as you mentioned, in the seventh position because that's more user user geared, user focused. You know, they're not being bombarded with it right at the beginning. So that's a very exactly. unique approach and very user centric approach. Um, so you've got a really unique story, um, and we'll get, we'll get into that, but I want to ask, uh, some of the questions I typically ask, uh, those on this show is, you know, who has been the most influential person on you, uh, today? Well, look in the last, uh, decade, it's definitely Elon Musk. Okay. Um, you know, I've, I've watched Elon try and fail, try and fail, succeed. And, you know. He's, he's always had the attitude from what I can tell that failure is only a thing if you stop trying type thing, you know, like you, you don't fail if you, if you don't stop. You keep going and eventually you succeed sort of thing and he's been definitely one of those people that I've witnessed do that, you know. Richard Branson's another one. I like the way Richard does his business. It's nice and clean and uh, it's, it's, it's good for the planet, you know. It's good for the people and, and that's what I like about it. So, um, yeah, those two that... Uh, it, where business is concerned, especially, but uh, I'm very focused on business these days. You know, I'm, yeah. I sort of I only work 18 hours a day because I have to sleep six. See, so you yeah. know, like it's <laughs> I love yeah. it. I just love it. 
That's good. Um, you're very driven towards your cause. Now, both of uh, those people you mentioned have space asp- aspirations. So are you uh, trying to put work app in space like like uh, Richard and Elon? <laughs> well, mate, look, I, I think inevitably work app will be in space based on the technology that they've got in their ships up there because work apps for the world and right. and I guess for the planet. So wherever you've got an internet connection, you're going to find work app in time to come. So maybe there we'll be go. in space. That'll be there pretty you cool. Go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Um, so how is it that you stumbled upon becoming uh, the CEO of work app? Like how, how is it that, you, that your journey led you to this? Yeah, it's quite amazing. I mean, you know, I never set out in life to be, a tech CEO, you know, or, or a CEO of anything, you know. I've always been a big advocate of working for myself uh, and not just having a normal sort of job. Um, you know, I've, I've liked the idea of, uh, you know, making my own money, my own way. Um, and as I said to you before, you know, I took a real spiritual path around about a decade ago and I decided that I wasn't going to do anything to make money that wasn't good for the people and good for the planet. You know, if, if it wasn't good for the people and good for the planet, I don't care how much money's attached to it, I'm not doing it because you really are, in my opinion, selling your soul, you know, if you're going to go and make money to, to, for things that are, aren't not good, you know, ultimately yeah. for people. And so that's not that easy when all of a sudden there's all these things on offer and when you really <laughs> drill down on it and you go, well, that's not so good for people, that one, but you can make a lot of money, right? And right. So, um, but I just took the hard line and I decided, well, I'm not going to, there's no, you know, leeway on this one. I've got to find something that is I'm driven about and is going to be good for everyone. And then making money is a byproduct of that down the track once you get things right. So, uh, yeah, that's how it kind of all started out for me before work happened. So then, it was like, okay, well, what, what do you do, you know? And yeah. so we, I tried my hand at a couple of things. I uh, went into a rainwater tank business here and, mm. and big industrial sheds and I couldn't find a downside to it. It all looked pretty good. And, and, uh, but I went broken business because I just didn't have the, um, you know, the business skills, I guess, yeah. to run a business and I scaled up a little bit too fast and my costs grew and my margins unfortunately shrunk. And so I got a real lesson in life on how you deal with these uh you know cost versus profitabilities in the P&L yeah so um so that was a good lesson and I went broke I went flat out broke I, I didn't declare bankruptcy because I refused uh they said you know you can have bankruptcy if you want and I said why would I do that when I'm going to pay everyone so I didn't go. didn't go bankrupt but but the company did go insolvent and uh I chalked that up to a, a successful failure in the end as well because I, I'd learned a thing or two about it you know yeah, and uh, and then all of a sudden this opportunity for work app came along, and it was actually my brother that rang me and said, "Let's build an app." And as I said to you, I told him no to begin with, uh, that I wasn't interested because I, I, at that point, I, you know, I don't own a computer still today. As the tech CEO of of <laughs> uh, you know a, a digital platform, I still don't own a computer. I don't send emails, and the first app that I downloaded was mine. So you know. The beauty of that is I didn't have any preconceived ideas of what it is that you can't do. True. So, you know, people would say to me, you know, you can't do this and you can't do that. And I'm thinking, well, I don't even know what you're talking about. You know, you can't do this and you can't do that. So, you know, I didn't know that I couldn't do this, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, here we are and forging pathways seven years later and we're doing it. Yeah. We are doing it. You know? Absolutely. That's that's fantastic story. And 
Um, you mentioned uh, some of your failures, but you mentioned that you learned from it, and that's that's crucial uh, because failures they're, they're are like, just learning opportunities. They're like university degrees; they really are. You know, True. like if 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 you go broke to the tune of five hundred thousand dollars in business, then that's a five hundred thousand dollar university degree if your attitude's right. If, mm-hmm. if you're really uncovering where things went wrong instead of laying blame, which unfortunately as humans we tend to do as our default mechanism is lay blame first and maybe get around to the day where we digest it and reflect and realise, oh, hang on, I could have actually done that and that would have changed things altogether. Yep. So the first thing I learnt in, in, in life in general, not just in business, is you blame no one for nothing ever. You cannot blame anyone for anything ever. It's all a reflection of you and you've got to go and change things within you to change your outer world. And so um, that, that helped me a lot, you know, and uh, yeah. here we are today and, you know, so things are good. I, I agree that, uh, you know, it is a, a reflection of yourself, but uh, I've got a good friend who, you know, spent $45,000 in uh, schooling for his master's degree uh, and then he start a business with $6,000 and he said he learned more in the $6,000 starting a business than he ever learned in the $45,000 of, you know, of schooling. So, uh, yep, you're definitely sure. learning hands-on and getting that experience. And so that's, that's great that you see it that way. Um, since this is the the hustle of the day podcast, how is it that you personally define the word hustle? I think hustle for me is just finding a way forward. You know, it's it's doing what you need to do and 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 you have to do to find the way forward. A lot of us we look at the obstacles as roadblocks and we focus on the obstacle rather than the path forward. And when you've got a hustle attitude you're looking for that way forward. Even if it's a minute, little, tiny opening, you're looking for that opening, and that's mm-hmm. the hustle. Very cool. Good good definition. Uh, like I said, I've never gotten the exact same answer uh, from anyone, and I love it. I love the diversity. I love the, uh, the ability to have anybody define that word in a different way. Uh, so you mentioned your your lack of a computer, your, your first app that you ever download was your own. How do people respond to you being a tech CEO with such unconventional methods? Oh, look, I, I mean, it's, uh, th- that story is coming out more and more through these podcasts, obviously. You know, it's not something I go around daily saying, oh, hey, guess what? I don't have a computer. No, 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 no. You know? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just one of those things. But you know, it's a clear choice that I make, to be honest, Trent. Um, mm-hmm. my, it's not so much about the time. It's about where I spend my energy, right? Now, I have witnessed people make relationships with their computer. Yep. I have witnessed people have arguments with their computer like they're a person. And I'm talking full-blown arguments where it's, you're waiting for the computer to speak back to this person, like the, the, you're having a full-blown conversation with this computer. And I swore years ago, right you know what, I don't have room in my life for another relationship like that. I'm just not going to make the relationship <laughs> one fun, right? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, like I've got good people around me, obviously, that, that do that sort of thing and, and have the computer stuff all sorted. And I'll leave that to them because for me, it is about the hustle. I am out there 
you know, business development, finding the pathways forward and, and doing what my skills are, you know, all about rather than going and trying to learn something that what's it going to do for me anyway? All it's going to do is get me an argument with my new relationship, you know? And as a, as a good tech CEO that I am, I'm very responsive on the email, as you would see, because it's not me. There's someone manning it. There's someone <laughs> responding. And do you know what? I never make a misspelling mistake on the email either. Never. Yeah. You know? And that's not something I'll ever do. So I sort of put it into a category of, you know what? You know, if I'm going to spend my time wisely as an entrepreneur and, and really make a difference, then outsourcing that component is something I need to do for me to also to be able to relax when I do get home. You know, last thing for me I want to do is then have to go and sit on the computer or do whatever it is that you do. And I know it's a normal entrepreneurial thing. Everyone has a yeah. computer, right? Yeah. Not me. Not me and, and, and I'm happy not to. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah. So you, I spoke to somebody um, recently about, uh, you know, their their entrepreneurial journey and they they had a phrase that stuck out to me that I think really works well with you is money is conversations. Uh, yes. So it is not, you know, what you're doing on the computer. It is having conversations with people. Um, yep. And that's where you will find the money. And you, that I think segues perfectly into how is it that you raised money for this idea that you, that you have that this unconventional app that, People are telling you can't be done. They're telling you you need lots of money and you've, you don't have a rich family background. So how did you accomplish this? Yeah, well, look, we had, we had not much money behind us when we started WorkApp and what money we did had, we poured every cent into it. And I mean every single cent. And after it failed the second time, which was in 2014, uh, we did a little competition on social media over there for some iPad giveaways mm-hmm. and too many Indians joined, too many people joined and just crashed our server. We only had one server, so we, we were very infant in our, in our um, the platform capabilities. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but see, we didn't know any of that because we we're just, you know, flying blind. So I called that one a successful failure and I thought, wow, you know, if, if, this, if, if, if we failed because too many people joined, well, that's a good thing, right? Yeah, surely we've got to go and sort this out. And so then I went and found myself professional developers and approached them on it and, uh, you know, pitched them the idea. And they said, look, we love the idea. This is really, really cool what you've come up with. And we can see that this could be of a huge benefit to society right around the world. I said, yeah, great. You know, so he said, but, you know, there's an unknown quantity as to how long it's going to take to build these sort of things. You basically just got to start and see how you go. You know, there's no real sort of here, we'll buy this off the shelf and this is how long it's going to take. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, righto. And they said, yeah, well, maybe you're looking at one to two years to get it get it started. And I thought, wow. And uh, he said, as long as you can fund it, you'll be right. And I said, oh, what sort of money are we looking at? And he said, oh, I'll just start with a million dollars and see how you go. <laughs> and I'm thinking, a million dollars? And uh, he said, you're right for that? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm all right for that. And I didn't have any money. Right, and I'm like, oh my goodness, where am I going to get million dollars from? You know. Right. <laughs> so where do you start? You start at the pub, don't you? So I went to the pub for a beer, and I thought I'll go and have a think about it. I'll go and have a little think about it, and have a schooner of beer, and met a fella at the pub, and of course I'm pitching work app everywhere I go, twenty four seven. I pitch it to myself in the sleep. I, I pitch it to everyone everywhere, and um, so I started pitching him work app, and of course he loved it and everything like that, and. 
So he said, mate, I'd like to invest. Can I, can I put some money in? I said, yeah, yeah, sure, you know. And so he gave me the first $10,000 and that started it off. And then uh, a week later, nine of his mates had given me $10,000. So I had my first hundred grand. And, uh, and I'm thinking, you know what? I've only got to do that another nine times. I'm nearly there already after the yeah. first week. So off I went. Off I went. And um, over the years, I just stayed raising capital in the pubs, going to different pubs, you know, and that sort of thing. And just asking everyone, absolutely everyone that I got to talk <laughs> with, you know, if you made eye contact with me in the pub, that was dangerous, right? Because <laughs> you, you were getting offered to invest in work at if you made <laughs> eye contact with me. <laughs> and um, so that's what I did. And I ended up raising over $3 million in the pubs. I've, I've raised over $5 million so far uh, to, to fund the project and it's mm-hmm. up and running and it's, it's all good. No venture capital behind us or anything like that. That's all, all from raising it, you know, out in the field uh, all myself. And, um, but it worked, you know. Going to the pub actually worked for me and I, and I had a really good pitch down pat and, and uh, you know, things worked pretty good in that department. So I just st- I stuck with what worked, Trent, you know. Yeah. I stayed there. And I kept going and it's part of our magic today as well because we have over 500 mum and dad investors, over 500, wow. right, that have invested into this project for some $5 million that I've raised mm-hmm. and, uh, mate, they're our ambassador group. They're our sales force. Yeah. You know, they're, they're our tech uh, uh, test team. They're testing it on Android. They're testing it on Apple. They're testing it on Huawei's. They're testing it on all these other Sony's and anything right. else you got going on, you know, and and so how do you afford a test team? Well, you get them to put money into you, and you use them as a test team. So that's, been a, great. that's a better way of doing it, rather than pay for the testers. You're they're paying you. <laughs> that's right. So Very it worked cool. out good in the end. And obviously, we had to go then through the process of building this thing and the trial and error component of it, and and uh, getting it live and trying whether that worked or not, and what didn't work, and. The good part about having a growing number of shareholders is they were very forgiving when the, the product glitched, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They weren't like, oh, that's it, you know, this product doesn't work anymore. And that's the hardest part when you're building these platforms is, you know, the, the chicken or the egg, which come first? Right. You've got to get all these people on it before it's successful. But to get all the people on it, you've got to get it working before you can get all the people on it. And uh-huh. how, do you do, how do you get it working, like, without all the people to come and get on it in the first place. So that was one of the criticisms I got along the way, but I just never bothered to listen to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I totally understand. Uh, so you you mentioned, you know, you didn't use a venture capital funds at all. Um, yeah. I've got to imagine that the, the people that you raise the money with in the pubs, you know, venture capital firms typically ask for a lot. Have, are people in the pubs a little bit more reasonable in terms of like percentages of the that they are looking for out of their investment yeah well i did it cleverly in the in the early days and and the company was chopped up into shares mm-hmm. um and then they were just it was just a simple sale of shares and i just started selling shares in the company um go. so it was a real simple process you know i did uh the lego story um is a, is a really cool story and they attributed their success their long-term success by in staying private as a company and not going ipo Mm-hmm. and not going public with their offering. Um, you know, I looked at Elon Musk's story with uh, PayPal when, when eBay bought PayPal out and all of the hoo-ha that went around the back of that. And, you know, there's a few other stories and, and I sort of based my method and, and my, uh, you know, plan for the company based on those stories. 
yeah. I wanted to stay. I wanted to stay private as a company, you know, and um, and and w- without any sort of board of directors in place, and without any sort of you know a venture capital firm owning us and telling us what they now mm-hmm. wish require us to do, sort of thing. Because one thing that it was concerned me with VCs as well as they are very focused on the ROI component, the return right. on investment, and that's fine. You know, every investor should be. I, I agree with that. But, you know, it was the last thing on my mind. It was the absolute last thing on my mind was ROI. Right. You know what I mean? And, and you know, I want this to be worldwide, helping people to thrive in the digital age. And through the successful completion of that, we'll make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But if the money component, if the ROI component is your focus up front, your head's in the wrong spot. You're not focused on the value proposition. And if you're not focused on the value proposition, you're not going to win in business. You know yeah, what I you're, mean? You're not focused on the users. Not focused on the users. So that was another reason why we weren't really going to align with any sort of venture capital firm because, you know, I wasn't going to sit in front of them and show them my revenue plan. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I didn't even have a revenue plan until two years ago, the five-year mark. You know what I yeah. mean? There was no revenue plan. It was just none. And it was like, why would you worry about a revenue plan when we already know that a digital platform that has millions of people active on it can make a lot of money from advertising. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Let's just get the millions of people all moving forward on a daily basis without a cost, which is what I want for the people. You know what I mean? Right. I want them to thrive in the digital age. So, Yeah, I understand. That's, that's very cool that you're so, so focused on, you know, what your, what your end goal is. You know, you're not being bogged down by the things in between, the steps in between. It's, look, I've got this goal and nobody's going to tell me it's not achievable. And yeah, I I love that spirit about you. Uh, What what has driven you to keep going in the face of everything being unconventional, Uh, which I love. I love your story that is unconventional, but what has kept you driven in the face of people, you know, planting seeds of doubt and, you know, some of those things that entrepreneurs deal with in general, but Mm. I imagine yours is a little more amplified because it's, it's an unconventional route. Yeah, I guess, um, the challenge of it all was something that also, um, fed my soul. You know, it, this is, it is a big thing we're doing, you know. It's, it's, it is very, it's, been, it's been very hard to do. It hasn't been easy to do at all. Yeah. Um, but I would rather fail at something that's worth, you know, failing for than to succeed at something that was really easy to achieve for me mm-hmm. personally, you know what I mean? Um, and I looked at the goodness that this had attached to, to the people of the world, especially in the, third, the, the, the developing nations, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like the, the, the people need a platform. I mean, I've witnessed my friends over the last decade be dumped by this digital tidal wave that's rolled through. It really has. It's rolled through. And I've seen it firsthand because I'm not a computer person. Yeah. You know, I'm not a tech person. I wasn't into all that stuff. You know, back in the day, we used to just put an ad in the newspaper and you got yourself a week's worth of work or a month's worth of work just from one little ad in the newspaper. Well, that doesn't happen anymore. Now you've no. got to go and pay for search engine optimization. You've got to get all your keyword strategies in place. 
you, you've got to pay a firm to do that unless you're a very clever person on the computer, right? Mm-hmm. Or you've got to go and make yourself a personality on social media. Well, not many people want to do that. You know what I mean? Right. So, so what, what's, where's the openings out there for us to get out there and basically just make our ends meet? Then you've got the fact that, see, with WorkAt, it gives you the closest active plumber, the closest active hairdresser, the closest mechanic instead of who pays. You can't pay to rank at the top of the search on WorkAt. It geolocates you and gives you the closest active result. Okay. Well, when we use Mrs. Jones as an example looking for a plumber, at the moment she gets on the system, looks for a plumber, she gets one 10 suburbs away that paid the most to rank at the top. Right. That person's now on the road for an hour to drive over there when really there was one two streets away from her. Mm-hmm. How, do, how does she locate that one two streets away from her? Like we used to in the, right. in, in the, the locality of us doing local advertising. Well, this is what WorkApp's going to do is bring back the digital version of the good old days, you know, okay. because on WorkApp, Mrs. Jones will get on there and she'll get the plumber that's closest to her at the top of it and it'll be one a street away. Now, we've just taken a car off the road that, for, for an hour. If you, if you expand that out around the world, this is localising our communities for trade and commerce worldwide and that's what we need. Mm-hmm. Not only that, it means now you don't have to make a personality out of yourself on social media. You don't have to pay for this crazy search engine optimization stuff you know what i mean get on work app it's free and if you're the closest to mrs jones you're at the top she yeah. doesn't have to choose you she can go down the, the list of, i mean you know um but it's really about basically helping the people get back into the realm of trade and commerce without having to be a professional on the computer and, yeah. and all the stuff that goes on with it you know and and there's lots of us there's lots of people that got left by the wayside over the last decade when this digital tidal wave rolled through, you know, and then and they've just resigned themselves to the fact that this is the way it is now, you know, yeah. and so that was where I got really, um, you know, passionate about having work at work for the people um, because I knew that once we get a lot of people on it, it's going to help the plumbers, it's going to help the mechanics, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help the workers that just need a week's worth of work to make their ends meet, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not going to cost them any money. It's not going to cost the tradies any money. You know what I mean? There's no catch and it's fair because it's closest instead of who pays. And that's what I really want for the platform and the people is to bring a level playing field to the world and help people thrive in this digital age. Yeah. And I love that, you know, you mentioned earlier that you want to do something that's good for the planet. And, you know, it's kind of like, how does WorkApp do that? But like you mentioned, you just took a car off the road for an hour. That makes a difference. Makes uh, a big difference. Absolutely. Just being close-knit in that community um, yep. and that that all adds up. It's a snowball effect for sure. Yep. Yep. Very cool. So you started in Australia. Um, you've started to roll out to the world. Um, you're in the United States. You're in Europe. How has the international rollout been for you and what are some of those challenges you've enco- encountered? Well, um, it's it's been good. I mean, over the years, it's been a challenge. Um, WorkApp has twenty four international trademarks now as well, so we've mm. we've done some really clever work in the back end in the early days from an intellectual property side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that and that's very important. Obviously, we're, we're we're a serious player on the world stage, even though we're an infant right now. We're we're a growing infant, and 
we're very serious about what we're aiming to do. Um, I'm, I'm just tickled pink and so excited to be rolling it out for the US. Uh, I've never been to the US, but I'll definitely be coming over next year. And I can see a great scope throughout the US, especially with the small businesses over there, because this yeah. is very much, you know, a thing to help these guys, as, as we've just spoken about. Um, India is going hard gangbuster right now. India just grows every single day for us and uh, and will just continue to grow because they're a developing nation in, in a big way now and they're, they're massive, uh, you know, growing middle-class economy over there and they're very densely populated as well, which suits the, the work app um, way, the way that our database is arranged with the closest active worker or the closest active, you know, market stall mm-hmm. selling you know, garments or whatever. So I think it's really going to uh, be a, a good thing for them over there. Um, it, Europe's a little bit slow for us, but it is starting to pick up now. Um, and I think US will start to just really gain its momentum and, and ultimately we'll just see it explode everywhere. Uh, my plan is to develop it into Chinese and Japanese and German and French, uh, eventually bolt on cryptocurrency payment gateways in the back end so that people can trade with their crypto and that sort of thing and buy and sell. And, you know, uh, I'm aiming for it to be a a worldwide marketplace that's free Mm -hmm. with no cost, no catch, you know, and and there's there's no downside to it and it will just make its money from the digital advertising model, which will expand more and more and more over time sort of thing, you know. Yeah. But as far as the rollout goes worldwide, I would say it's a success right now, even though we're just really starting to creep. It is a success because people are hearing about it far and wide. I mean, we have over a million people that are following our, our global Facebook page. The Workout Facebook page has mm-hmm. over a million followers, not just page likes. Yeah. You know, people say, oh, did you buy those likes? Well, no, we didn't buy the likes and you can't buy the followers, right? Yeah. They either followed or they didn't. So we, we, we have a true base of, of people that around the world now that are watching this grow and, uh, and you'll see it grow. It'll, it's about to hit that tipping point and uh, I think we'll end up with tens of millions on it uh, over the next 12 to 24 months worldwide, you know. That'd that's be the, that's fantastic. The aim. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to see a billion operating on it over the next decade. I'd like to see a billion active people using WorkApp you know, to their advantage, thriving and, and, you know, making their ends meet where they weren't able to without work app sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like Africa right now, there's lots of stuff coming on in Africa, which is yeah. pretty cool. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with that. So, yeah. like you mentioned, I think this is a, a huge opportunity for developing countries, but it's just as scalable in developed countries. I mean, that's, that's what makes yes. it so unique. It's not one specific niche that it benefits it no. really benefits everyone oh yeah and you and and people are going to spin out over in the us because what we've done is we've ac- actually built a digital shop feature with merchant facility shopping cart paypal integration right now mm-hmm. and you don't pay one cent fees on the sale of the goods none wow you know there's other big platforms out there that are charging 12 percent on the sale of the goods you know 15 percent on the sale of the goods etc cetera, etc cetera, and we're 0% on the sale of the goods. Wow. You can list all your stock items. There's just no, I don't want to make money in that area. I want to put people in, in, in you know, in front yeah. and getting, the, getting their end, ends met and really thriving and, you know, we'll make money from the digital advertising component of it. We don't need to be making money in every little thing and, 
Yeah. I guess we're fortunate in that sense because we've combined all of the industries into one, not just automotive and not just real estate and not just e-commerce, digital shop and not just workers. We put it all into one. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, that gives us a lot of scope from an advertising standpoint when you get a lot of users. <clears throat> yeah. And I think the end goal that you're talking about, having that zero zero <clears throat> fees and whatnot, I think if you did take outside investments through like a VC um, mm. or like you mentioned, an IPO, um, mm. you would be forced to more or less take on those things. And so correct. Uh, that's one thing I, that drives me crazy about the, the public offerings is you no longer control your company. You're now in serving the shareholders rather than serving the company. Correct. And I think that's where, and this is where Lego's story, and that's, that's the take home I took away from Lego's story is um, it allowed them to, to keep with their mission and not be the pressures of, of the, the shareholders and that sort of thing. And, and that's why I thought, you know, it's, it's critical that we stay private as a company and roll this out around the world and get people really using it because at that stage, you know, we're in the driver's seat and we are in the driver's seat now and, and we intend to stay in the driver's seat with it. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, <laughs> so you have you've taken an unconventional route to funding. You've taken an unconventional route to, uh, you know, building this whole thing and rolling it out. How are you planning to grow it? Is, is there another unconventional method to getting it in front of people that, uh, you know, typically with apps and things, it's paid advertising? Um, no, not really. I mean, like I say, it's, it's not to be underestimated how strong our ambassadorship is going with my 500 plus investors. Mm-hmm. You know, like if we go off the, the method of six degrees of separation around the world, yeah. you know, but as it, as it stands right now, but we've got we're growing worldwide just through our shareholder base, just through the shareholder base. And if my shareholders told one person a day every day, that'd be five hundred people a day finding out about workout. Yeah, right. And you do the sums on that and the compound of it, and that's actually what's taken place now. Yeah. So you know, so while we're doing some marketing and and that sort of thing. Um, you know, we're sorry I lost you there, mate. No uh, we're doing some we're doing some marketing, definitely, and um, but our marketing plan is really to put the energy into our ambassador group. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I stay close with my shareholders. I stay really close with them. I'm in contact with them, you know, all the time, and I'm always telling them about the stuff that's going and how we're going and how we're growing and that sort of thing, and keep them excited, basically, because. You know, they're out there telling people. It's amazing. I'll get phone calls, you know, every day from someone, oh, such and such, drop one of your flyers in and can mm-hmm. you tell me how we go about putting our business on there? The best marketing plan in the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've got 500 salespeople out there right now just like chihuahuas jumping jumping out of their skin, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. yeah. They're, they're invested in it because they've they've put their money in it. They believe in the product and they're they're definitely – out there spreading the word. So in a way it is kind of an unconventional method of, uh, you know, spreading the word. 
Yeah, well, it's kind of like the way, um, you know, multi-level marketing companies these days do it. You know, they, they right. instead of instead of traditional marketing, they go to their, their base and they get their base to grow their base. Well, we're not an MLM company, you know, we're, we're mm-hmm. not that at all. We're, we're a digital platform. Um, but I have taken that kind of approach in a bit of a sense to, to develop my, I, I call them shareholders slash ambassadors. Right. And because uh, they really are ambassadors for yeah. us, you know, and so I, I put a lot more energy into developing our ambassadors than I do out, out in the market because it's a leverage component. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I met with some people uh, in Melbourne last week and we had a good meeting and a good talk about it. And then they went, boom, and they went straight out there and they went and regurg- regurgitated what I said and got this person on and got that person on. And it's like, wow, you know, like, how would you have got that 10 people to go and get those 100 people on work at, you know? How, where would you have gone to market that? What, 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 what marketing would you have bought to go and get those right. new 100 people that just got on in that one day? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so this is the, the method that I'm going to focus on now because it's just working for us. And obviously these podcasts are really good, which I appreciate, Trent, and, and yeah. they're, they're coming in every week now. There's a, there's a couple a week and... I do plan on getting over to the US and maybe doing some speaking because I think I've got a I've got a, a valuable message for everyone. You know, one of the biggest things I got told through this process was a very very dear wise lady. She's she's ninety two years old. This lady, and um, she's she's very you know very spiritually connected, and she looked at me and she's only little and she's got really strong hands and she looked at me in the eyes and she said, "Don't you let." other people tell you what they think that you can't do. And it, and it just went went straight into my soul, into my heart, and I went, okay, righto, good. I just as long as it aligns with me and my spirit and my heart and I know it's right, then boom, I'm on. I know it's right and nothing else needs to be said about it sort of thing, yeah. you know. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something we've talked about is, you know, some of the highest performers, they – they never took no for an answer and you're doing the same. Yep. Um, and that's, that's fantastic. You've got a clear cut vision, clear cut goal, and you're not stopping until you get there. That's it. Yep. Thanks mate. Yeah. Um, so what is something that you think somebody who's starting their own business today, what's something you think they should be doing? Oh, look, you know, I think from a business acumen side of thing, you, you really do need some advice on how to start to begin with, you know, registering the company, um, you know, that, that, that initial side of things because if you get too ahead of yourself there, that's where you can make your first failure an unnecessary one, you know what I mean? So just getting some advice on registering companies and just things that you do need to have in place, especially if it's these digital platforms these days because, there's very stringent laws with, with um, you know, privacy and yeah, that sort of thing. For sure. So the last thing you want to do is not have that under control before you go starting because all of a sudden you could find yourself in, in, you know, in a bit of trouble because you didn't take care of that. So the best advice I, I would give is go to someone trusted within your network and start because, you know, what's the worst case is you throw away a, a $1,000 or a couple of grand just setting things up and then the company doesn't work for whatever reason. Well, you know. You still learn from that anyway, so sure. you got you got to start on the business end proper and properly. And, and fortunately, I knew that. And so when we started WorkApp, before we even started building WorkApp, 
I started on the business side of things. I started on the trademarking procedures. You know what I mean? I started and, and I knew that that could be for nothing too. I was doing it and it could be all for nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, it might not get to this stage where it's even needed, but if it did get to the stage where it was needed, then you needed to do it back then. Yeah. So of course, it's kind of you, you got to start with the right steps sort of thing, you know? Yeah, it's kind of like you don't know what you don't know. So talk to the people that do know so yep. you can figure that, that that out. Absolutely. Yep. I like that. And then be, and then be prepared to fail in order to succeed. Mm-hmm. You know, as you said, you know, you've gone through failures with what you're doing and, and here you are now expanding it, you know, in an unforeseen way because it's it's aligned with you. And and yeah. uh, look at Elon Musk, you know, I refer to him all the time because, you know, he put those rockets in space. He put that third rocket in space and it failed, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I've, got, I've only just got enough money left for one more rocket. You know what he did? He lined that rocket up and he whacked it out there. Yeah. He was prepared to <laughs> fail a fourth time if that's what's required. Right. You know what I mean? And you've got to be prepared to fail in order to succeed. You really do. Because if you're not prepared to fail, you won't do what it takes to succeed. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. Uh, so I want to you know, make sure that I'm not taking up too much of your time, but I do have one more question I want to ask you, and that is you know, what excites you about the future, not necessarily business personal, whatever it is, what, what's exciting you about the future? Well, I think humanity is turning a corner, Trent. I really do. You know, uh, I think there's going to be a day in the future, and I don't know how far in the future, maybe over the next decade or two, two decades, where there's not many starving people, if any. Mm-hmm. You know, we know that we've got enough food to feed them all. It's just whether the powers to be are going to allow those sort of, you know, things to happen. And Over time, I think we're growing such a voice as people and what we want for each other is prosperity, you know. We we want abundance. We want prosperity. We we want to help our fellow human. And I think the dark times are fading and and the light and and the good times are growing, you know. And digital uh, evolution is definitely one of those things that's aiding and assisting this. You know, we're a smarter race of people because of the internet we just are you know we can do things that you just couldn't have done back in the day and uh and and we're and we're growing in force and numbers too so i think there's a day coming for uh, for humanity where we just you know we feel good about ourselves whereas at the moment with past atrocities that have taken place there's still some scarring there to heal you know yeah and uh but uh but i intend to be one of the ones that get out there and just shine the light for for us to have an awesome existence, you know, abundance. I love the word abundance, mate. I I I do as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because there, there is abundance there out there. And so, um, so I'll give you the definition, I'll give you my definition of abundance, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, and it's just not mine. I take, I took this from a, a person, a channel called Bashar, but abundance is, the ability to do what you need to do when you need to do it. That's abundance. That's it. Yep. Just the ability to do what you need to do when you need to do it. I took an abundant approach building workout. I had the ability to do what I needed to do when I needed to do it and I did it. Mm-hmm. Relentlessly, I did it and I did it because I had an abundant mindset. It's got nothing to do with money. Yep. You know what I mean? It's got, it's got to do with how you find a way forward without dragging the obstacles into your path. The obstacles are there. 
and they're seeming roadblocks, but they're not really because the path is the thing that you've got to focus on and that's abundance. Find the way forward. It's the hustle. Absolutely. You know? So that's very cool. I like that uh, that description, and you know, a lot of entrepreneurs that uh, or small business owners they they typically have more of a scarcity mindset. You know, it's you know they'd rather take down their competition and not realize that there's enough for everyone. And yes. uh, so I appreciate that you're that you're sharing that message and that you have such a worthwhile goal of you know helping helping people and helping the planet and you your souls aligned with with the work app and so that's very cool um i really have gotten a lot out of this conversation thanks mike yeah well uh, i want to give you some time to uh shout out any particular people or where people can find more information about work app Okay, so obviously um, workapp.world is our, our web platform, uh, not workapp.com. All the .coms are sold, right? Mm-hmm. So, so they started all these other dots and, and right. I, like dot world, <laughs> I like dot .world better anyway. So www.workapp.world is the workapp HTML web platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have a chat facility on workapp as well and obviously you can download in, in, in the App Store and the Play Store. Um, mm-hmm. So we're a fully integrated platform. Uh, and we have a chat feature on WorkApp as well. So it's got a messaging platform integrated into it. Um, so anyone can go in to find people and type in Shane Wallace and, they, and they're welcome to reach out to me and send me a okay. message and connect. Um, I've got a fairly decent thing going on Facebook these days and LinkedIn's another one of my faves. I, I really okay. enjoy LinkedIn. Yeah. So you can find me on LinkedIn as well. But, you know, WorkApp I'd prefer these days if people come, yeah. and, come and find me on WorkApp and reach out and, and um, I'm all about promoting, cross-promoting. Mm-hmm. You know, there's lots of there's lots of businesses out here running around now saying, find us on WorkApp. And each time I see it, I just get this little feeling, you know, this little tickles like, oh, yeah. so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know that feeling, yes. <laughs> so, so that's very yeah. cool. Uh, well, I appreciate your time, Shane. Uh, thank you for all that you've uh, provided here. And, you know, I know I've gotten a lot of value out of this. And so I know my audience has gotten a lot of value out of this. And to all those that are listening, I want you to get out there and hustle the day. Hustle the day. Thank you, mate. Lots of love to everyone. Thanks for listening to the Hustle the Day podcast all the way through. I really appreciate that. I just want to let you know that I help small businesses with their online strategy. So if you or anyone that you know needs help with their online strategy and owns a small business, I'm your guy. Go ahead and connect with me at Trent V. Bray on Instagram or TrentVBray.com.